Welcome to the Claudio Rosano Show on ClaudioRosano.com, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Claudio will be speaking to sports legends from the 70s, 80s, and 90s about their careers, business, and what they're doing now. He will also hold roundtable discussions with some old friends about trending topics in the world of sports. And now, here's Claudio. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the Claudio Relsano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. As always, thank you, Rick Mitchell, for the introductions, and my fantastic producer, who I could not and would not do the show without this young man, Adam Zalouf. So thank you, Adam. Today's guest is a motivational speaker. He's an author, and he's a good guy. I know he's always been there for me, uh, especially years ago, whenever I wanted to break into the uh, motivational speaking business. He always had a... Uh, he was always there to answer any of my questions. Uh, he, he set up a, an event for me uh, years ago, and I've always appreciated him, and I always know that uh, he's a phone call away. And that is Mr. Jeff Tobe. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show today. I am so excited to be here, Claudio. Thanks. All right, all right. Well, first of all, it's been a while since we spoke. How's everything been going? Now, during this pandemic, obviously things have been kind of shut down. How, how has this affected the uh, motivational speaking business? Well, you know, about yeah, 14 months ago, things came to a screeching halt. But I talk about being creative and, you know, applying that to business. So I had to be creative. And I as did, I'm sure, a lot of your listeners. You know, things things changed. And, and um, I was fortunate because I was already doing a lot of virtual presentations anyway. Um, I just kind of looked at things from a different perspective and said, you know, this is a great opportunity, not only to reinvent myself, but also to be in two places in one day there are a few days in the last 14 months where i got to speak in boston and then you know in the afternoon i was in san francisco <laughs> so so it it, it 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 was a challenge like it was for most people but you know the, we see a light at the end of the tunnel and it seems like you've made lemonade out of lemons which is what you you talk about obviously um and and I guess I have a bunch of questions here written down, so I'll probably jump around. But would you agree that okay. the, the, the speaking business, the motivational speaking business, in my opinion, is the most crowded uh, thing, for the lack of a better term, out there? I mean, if you there's so many speakers bureaus, but everybody's a speaker and everybody speaks on the same topics, leadership and motivation and all that kind of stuff. And everybody has a story and I respect everybody's story. But why is it that you have been so consistently successful and, and getting events. Yep. Thanks for saying that. I, you know, I, I appreciate it. Um, I think I corrected you years ago and I'm going to say it again, that I don't call myself a motivational speaker and that, right. that may That's be right. the first step. I hadn't really thought about it. Right. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate enough that uh, I had a mentor very early on in my career and I've been doing this. I can't believe it, Claudio, 29 years already yeah. uh, traveling the world and speaking to groups, but my mentor was a guy by the name of Zig Ziglar. You sure. may have heard of him. Of course. And, you know, greatest, greatest motivational speaker in the world. And when I say mentor, please understand that um, I only met him once. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, sometimes your, your teacher appears when you need them. And um, I can tell you later what he said to me. But the bottom line was that his tagline was the greatest motivational speaker in the world. And, and here I am saying there's no such thing as a motivational speaker. So... It's not like we were, we would have gotten along had we met again. He probably would have been upset with me. <laughs> Tongue in cheek, I'm saying that. Sure. But the bottom line is that 
that, you know, my job, like an athlete's job or anybody, you know, who owns a business, my job is to create an environment in which people are motivated to go do something, but I can't motivate them. And so I'm really not a motivational speaker, you know, um, they have to kind of motivate themselves. I can only create the environment in which people are motivated to do something. And you, of course, as a coach know this, right? That it's very difficult to motivate people on your team, but you can create the environment where they need to do what they got to do. So in answer to your question, yes, it, it's a crowded space, but I think that you, if, if I can attribute anything to my success, it's that I really found a niche and, and, and that's what I'm known for. Uh, too many speakers today are out there and they'll speak about anything. You know, right. you need leadership. Sure. I can do that. Want to speak about ethics? I can do that. You know, I speak about three things and they're very closely tied together. You know, the first is creative thinking and I apply it to what I call the customer experience. We could talk about that word customer because I don't want to scare people away. I'm not talking about sales here. <laughs> and, and the third is by getting people more engaged at what they do. And truly, I think the other, if, if you ask people who know me, my clients, they'll tell you that that's what I'm known for. And, and I think my brand has something to do with it, too. You, you know my brand. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, the result of my a poem my dad gave me when I was 10 years old. But my brand is coloring outside the lines. Right. And I think that has really helped. So it's about identifying yourself in the market. And by the way, I don't know if you know, but my background's in marketing. So that oh, sure. also has helped me throughout the years. Well, you know, the one thing that uh, when I we first met and I came to an, you invited me to an event, I want to say it was in Cranberry at a holiday. Or maybe it was in Pittsburgh. No, it was in Pittsburgh, Station Square, I think. Uh, but anyway, wow. uh, yeah, that was many years ago. But something that my mom used to say, never speak from the neck up, speak from the heart up, which is I kind of turned that around yeah. for the title of my book. But yeah. that's something that you did. You, I think so that'd you be do. the title of the great book. Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> And uh, my, my, yeah, that's right. And, and we'll get to that later because I'll push it. But, uh, you know, you, you do Good. speak from the heart. It's not, you know, uh, it's not robotic. It's it's passionate. And it's not the same. It, it might be the same topic because I saw a few of your uh, talks, but it wasn't the same talk. Mm -hmm. does, that, does that make sense? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And you know why? I, I think it's my self-diagnosed ADD. I get bored with myself. So <laughs> right. if I'm getting bored point. with myself, it means my audience is are getting bored with me as well. So I'm, right. I'm always recreating myself and reinventing myself. And, you know, if there's a lesson I could share with your listeners is that that's something, even just that mindset of it doesn't take a pandemic to make you reinvent yourself. You know what I mean? And, and it really should be an ongoing thing. Look, you're a small business person too. You still have a landscaping company, don't you? Right. Yes. Yes, I do. Very good. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, you know, landscaping is kind of a far cry from coaching so that, <laughs> that you do but, but yeah but you know it's that mindset of, of uh it doesn't matter what i do it's you know how i do it and, and reinventing myself right now let's go to the first question that i had for you when did you decide that this is what you wanted to do <laughs> i never did it uh, the world decided for me so so um, yeah. I, I mentioned I was in the marketing business. I had my own marketing and advertising firm in Dallas, Texas. And um, it, we had won all kinds of awards for creativity and promotions. And the International Association who awarded them came to me and said, you know, no one's ever won that many awards. Would you put together a 90-minute talk for your peers, you know, at a, at a conference I went to every year? And I said, sure. 
And about two days after doing that, a woman called me from Wisconsin and she said, Jeff, would, would you come to Wisconsin and do the same thing? I said, sure. She said, what do you charge? I said, charge? <laughs> you get paid to talk? <laughs> it didn't make any sense. And, and I will, I'm going to go back to what Zig Ziglar said when I first met him. I had gone up to him at a meeting and I said, Mr. Ziglar, I, I want to do what you do. And he said, JF? Because <laughs> apparently in the South, my name has two syllables. He said, JF, he said, become a celebrity in your own business. Right. Yeah. I said, what does that mean? He said, whatever you do for a living, he said, you become known in that business, um, you know, as a celebrity, the go-to guy for one thing. And that will, you know, that will propel your career. And, and it did. And I took his advice. And, you know, after that event in, in Wisconsin, um, I didn't quit my day job. I didn't sell my company right away. And for two years, I just spoke in my own industry um, and became kind of the go-to guy at that time for sales. That's really sales training, which is where I got my start. Um, but eventually, eventually, one of my employees came to me and said, uh, you don't want to live in Dallas anymore. Um, you don't want to be in the marketing business. You obviously want to be a speaker. Sell me the company. So I did. I moved to Pittsburgh and I became a full-time speaker 29 years ago. So. Wow. You know, I, I think in answer to your question, though, I think when did I realized probably when I was seven, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I knew that I liked being in front of a group. That was the first thing I got something from it, energy from it. And um, I've always been pretty good at, at, at talking, as my mother used to say. So. <laughs> now, as I said earlier, it, it is hard because there's so many people, thousands of people trying to get into that door. And not only that, but, you know, mm -hmm. how do people hear about you or how do you get that gig? But how hard was it for you to break into this business? Yeah, it was, you know, at that time, though, remember, we're talking 29 years. So so to be honest with you, there weren't, you know, thousands of speakers. Um, it was it was kind of nice at the beginning because. Uh, like I say, I was a marketing guy, and most speakers who who were wanted to be speakers um, came from the tech world, came from other worlds, and they didn't know how to market themselves. So I had the advantage of being able to kind of stand out from the crowd that way. Plus, you know, and I'm not saying it to be self-centered. It applies, you know, in sports. You still got to be good at what you do as well. Sure. Um, and I think you know, word of mouth marketing just uh, just took off. So. I was fortunate and I, you know, been so lucky in, with my career. I'm so grateful for what I've done. I ended up going to 47 countries and speaking to over a hundred thousand people and, and all that because, you know, that woman from Wisconsin wanted to pay me $200 for the day. That's crazy. <laughs> so, well, and, and you worked hard yeah. at it for sure. That, that's, uh, that, that goes to show you work hard. Things have a chance of happening. Not a guarantee, but as you know a chance. what, Exactly. And, you know, why do why do we do what we do when we start? Because we hope that there's that opportunity. So. And, and, you know, another thing, and I've, I've said it on this show a thousand times, Jim Valvano used to say that his favorite word in the English dictionary was the word impact. And when you have impact, because uh -huh. so many people have had impact in my life. I mean, obviously, my mom and dad, number one, but so many people uh, have have got me from point A to point B, to be honest with you, people that I've read about, people that I've met, uh, people that I've listened to, interviews that I've listened to. But um, again, you have had and continue to have so much impact on people. Do you realize that? You know, I, in, as I get older and older, I'm starting to realize it. But I, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm just humble, but 
I think that I'm just giving back, you know, giving back to my profession, giving back to the community, um, what was given to me when I was younger. So, um, you know, I, I have, I have, and I continue to coach emerging speakers, uh, but it's bigger than that. You know, I, um, I got involved with my local chamber of commerce and I just, I've always felt like it's just so important, um, to pay it forward, so to speak. Right. Uh, and I have been, like you said about yourself, I've been so fortunate in my career to meet the right people, to have great mentors. Um, and, and so I want to be that too. You know, I, I, I once heard a speaker say, um, you know, what's your legacy or ask the audience, what's your legacy? You know, what are, what are you going to be remembered for? And I think that's a question I ask myself often. Um, what do you want to be remembered for? Is it working 60 hours a week? Is it, you know, what is it? I made a lot of money. You know, I want to, I, I want to be remembered for paying it forward. Sure. And and you certainly have done that. And I know we'll continue to. On that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break to hear from our sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, criminal defense attorney Eric Jackson-Lurie, and the Quaker Valley Rotary Club, who, by the way, is going to be having their 10th annual golf event, the 10th annual Anthony Colosimo Golf Outing, June 11th at Beaver Valley Golf Club. Uh, it's a great event, and, and I've been to a few uh, Quaker Valley Rotary meetings, and I've I've spoken to these guys a uh, few speaking engagements. Now that we're considering who we have uh, on our show today, and uh, they really do fantastic things. I saw it and witnessed it firsthand. But uh, to get involved with the Rotary Club and to uh, get more information on the golf outing, call Scott Zayner, the president, at 412-720-0298. And my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office, is available now on my website, ClaudioRelsano.com, Amazon.com, my publisher, JohnMelvinPublishing.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and it's available at the Barnes & Noble in Robinson Township. And we will be right back with Jeff Tobe. Dr. Roscoe, I've been talking to my dad and he seems out of sorts, like he can't understand what I'm saying. It's not just a hearing problem, Jolie. It is a health problem. Even with a mild hearing loss, our risk of dementia doubles with age. So let's improve dad's hearing and his health. Let us be the solution to his hearing health care needs so you and dad can experience many years of understanding, laughter, and happy memories. Serving the Dubois area for over 20 years, the Roscoe Hearing Care Center in Dubois, Punxsy, and St. Mary's. The hearing solutions you've been looking for. Call us for an appointment today, 814-375-0455. The law offices of Eric Jackson-Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson-Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson-Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson-Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar. 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Don Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Would you like to join a community service-oriented group to help provide remarkable services such as the Halloween Parade, Santa Parade, a Memorial Golf Outing, the annual Harvest Festival, award secondary educational scholarships, and raise several fundraising events? 
If so, the Quaker Valley Rotary Club is looking for people of action who live a service above self type of lifestyle and want to help make the Quaker Valley District even better. Please visit us at www.quakervalleyrotary.org or call Scott Zayner at 412-720-0298. Okay, Jeff, uh, what are some of the messages that uh, you you talked about leadership and motivation, but what are some of the uh, things that you talk about? You just don't go up there and say, like like Sylvester Stallone, he he said, I I just didn't say, okay, everybody, don't give up. See you later. He used boxing as a vehicle of expression. Uh, What do you do? Right. Well, I'm certainly not a sports guy, so let's start there. Neither neither am I. You know? And but I, I, I what I don't talk about. Let's talk about that first. I don't talk about my Toronto Maple Leafs, <laughs> and and I don't talk about my Buffalo Bills. So this is who I grew up with. You know, I I grew right. up on the other side of the border in the Toronto area, and uh, sure. and uh, the only the only real football we got besides the CFL were the Bills. So I grew up as a as a Maple Leafs fan and a Bills fan. But it was easy when I moved to Pittsburgh to switch. So I'll say that. But in all seriousness, you know, the message I give, coloring outside the lines is obviously a metaphor. It's a metaphor for thinking and looking at things differently than you have before. Um, you know, I, I like to say it comes with a warning. It's okay to color outside the lines as long as you don't fall off the page, right? But what I find in business, what I find, I've spoken to uh, sports teams, I've spoken to, you know, individual athletes. And I have to tell you that as a coach, you know this, that um, sometimes we're afraid to get to the edge of that page and, and there's something blocking it. So I talk about those obstacles and being more creative. Um, it really is about, you know, forcing yourself to look or give yourself what I call an ask, an ASK, an alternative solution kick. It means when you find yourself saying, oh, I've seen this a thousand times before, I know exactly what to do. Are you willing to say, you know what, there's always, always, always a second right answer uh, to every single challenge. That's when we start being perspective, start being creative. And I just said the other word. And then the second part is, how do we look at the world from somebody else's perspective? Um, I think that's one of the toughest things to do, especially in business today. You know, I'm constantly telling leaders that uh, they need to look at things from their employees' perspective, not theirs, from their customers' perspective. And and Claudia, if you don't mind, I'd like to step back for a second, because when I say customer, I don't have any other word to use because I think everyone in business today has an internal customer and an external customer, right? Internal is everybody, you know, external, sorry, is everybody we do business with or however you want to define it, no matter what your profession, but internal is anybody without whom we can't do what we do every single day. And, you know, in your world, you might just talk about your team, but I think it's more than that. You know, in business, I look at it like my UPS driver is an internal customer. Uh, if he doesn't show up on the afternoons that I need him to to pick out my parcels, I'm out of business. So he's a vital part to doing what I do every day. Right. And that's kind of a paradigm shift. So, so it is about seeing the world from a different perspective. And then how do we take that creative thinking and apply it to something? And I call it the customer experience. So, you know, again, customer internal or external from the minute they make contact with us till the minute they're done. Um, and the final part is really about how the, asking ourselves, how do we shatter the stereotype of the experience a customer expects to have with us? And to me, that's key. If you're asking yourself that, um, that's key right now. Now, you mentioned coloring outside the lines, but something that really, and I always remember that, but something that struck me uh, on your website that I really 
liked it. I, I, I liked the statement. We like the way you are. Now change. Explain that to us. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a product of uh, the last uh, 14 months, especially, right? <laughs> right. We, it's, uh, you know, we love you, but now change. And, yeah. and uh, it, 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 coming outside the lines is about looking at change, like I say, from a different perspective. Um, you know, I think it's about getting past the, uh, what I call the TTWADI syndrome. That's the, that's the way we've always done it syndrome, Correct. right? That's the first step in being more creative. It's getting past that, but that's the way we've always done it. And, um, uh, you know, so change right now, just to give you an idea, um, I'll take you way back, you know, probably before you were born, Claudia. No, I'm kidding. But the year was 1988. <laughs> and I was they did a around. study at SMU Business School. <laughs> SMU Business School, and they studied change in major industries and professions throughout the United States and Canada. And what they found was that it didn't matter what business you were in, what profession you were in, you went through a major change in your career every three years. So the study said that by 1991, something was going to change. Well, the reason I go back so far is because they keep redoing the study. And the last one was about two and a half years ago, and they for the fourth or fifth time, and they found that that three years in general has been reduced to seven months, seven months. It means something you're doing now, it's just standard practice. You know, it just works for you. It's going to change drastically over the next seven months. I can't think of a better reason to color outside the line. So right. I've got a challenge for your listeners. Can I do this? I got of course. A challenge for your listeners. Okay. Next time you get into your cars, I want you to try something. I want you to drive around only looking in your rear view mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> Claudio, I've been on the Parkway East in Pittsburgh many times. I think we do that. Right? Or, or 28. <laughs> you couldn't do it. Or 28. Right, right. You, you couldn't do it. But I find so many people who get into their proverbial cars every day. And that can be, you know, it can be a, a cubicle, a work, uh, you know, your office, uh, last 14 months, your bedroom, <laughs> wherever you do work from. And we approach what we're doing only looking at our rearview mirrors, you know, to see how it's always been done before. Great thing. If it ain't broke. Don't, don't, don't break, break yeah, it, right? right, right. Now they say, well, if it ain't broke, break it. it. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. If it ain't broke, break it. And, and I think that we're going to have to break some rules, you know, to, for survival in business, for survival, whatever we do uh, in our profession. But remember, I said there is an edge of the page. <laughs> so you have to figure out where that edge is. And, you know, another thing, too, that you – I just got done with a show minutes ago and I get very, very passionate when I talk about hitting and how poorly it's being taught today. But uh, a lot of guys want everybody to bat the same way. They want you to bat my way. Okay. Like, like, like we're robots. We're, we're not robots. Everybody has their own way of doing things and, and, um, to, to copy, you know, to, to your thing about if it ain't broke, uh, you know, don't fix it. Somebody, and I don't know if this is, this ties into what you're saying or not, but somebody, on a lower level, be it high school or college, we'll see somebody in the pros teaching a particular way to hit. They say, well, hell, I may as well teach that way too. Then they want everybody to, to do that. Or like in football, when one team does the shotgun, then everybody did it. One team does the run and shoot, then everybody did it. You know, It's like copycat. Nobody says, okay, does this work for me? Does this work for my team? Um, whether it's right or wrong, they're going to do it because all these guys say to do it. And then I say, if 50,000 people say a stupid thing, it's still a stupid thing. You know, but I don't know if that ties into <laughs> exactly. kind of what you were saying or not, but, uh, along no, with your no, speaking, absolutely. Uh, along with your speaking, you're also an author. Tell us about some of your great books. 
Well, first of all, you tell me, how does it feel to be an author? You know, I'll tell you when it hit me, when I went to the Barnes and Noble in Robinson and I saw my book next to Joe Namath's book. I said, damn, it is because Joe Namath is a childhood hero of mine to this second. And, um, so I took a picture of it and all that kind of stuff. And every once in a while, to be very honest with you, I, I, I go up to Barnes and Noble and I see if those books are still there, if people bought them or not, or how many were sold, you know, or sometimes a friend of mine will go there. I'll say, how many books are left, you know? And, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, speaking of that though, and it's something that kind of, uh, I wanted to mention to you about three days ago, somebody said to me, you know, you're, you're never happy with what you've done. I said, no, I'm very happy with what I've done and I'm very blessed to be doing it, but I'm not content. I always want to do more. Like you mentioned earlier about the landscape business, obviously the coaching, the podcast, the shows and the book and so on and so forth. But I always want to change. I always want to do more things. Uh, do you think like some people say, go wide, you know, 10 feet wide, two inches deep, as opposed to 10 feet deep, two inches wide. I mean, what, what do you subscribe to? Which theory? (laughs) Well, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I have been married for 39 years uh, with the same woman for 44 no, years. That, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah, I know. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. But uh, she she has always said to me, you're breadth, I'm depth, right? So so I, I, I'm probably not the right person to ask because I am, I am breadth and I'm fortunate that I've always surrounded myself with depth. And I don't mean... I don't mean just personally, but professionally as well. So I know, you know, just recognizing your weaknesses. And so um, I would never advise somebody to be 10 feet wide and three inches deep, but that's what I am. I recognize that. And because of that, I have, you know, part of my success has been surrounding myself with people who can go much deeper and help me with that. Um, You know, when you talk about the books, uh, my first book was coloring outside the lines and, and, um, I, I'm still very proud of it. Uh, it's I can't believe it's almost 15 years old and it's still selling over 20,000 copies a, a, a year. Unbelievable. That's, nice. great. That's um, great. Yeah, and I, I will brag that it's the only business book in the world uh, illustrated by my then 12-year-old daughter. So that was kind of <laughs> nice. You know, sure I was sitting at dinner one night and I was complaining that the illustrators were going to take six weeks. And she said, Dad, I can do it by tomorrow. <laughs> I said, go for it. You know, right. <laughs> people ask me, you know, did, did you pay her for it? Yeah, I paid many ways oh, yeah. because I sent her to college. So. That's right. <laughs> but that was that was the first book. And it, I've got iterations of that book. Um, I don't know that you know this, but I, I then adapted it for specific industries. So I've got uh, uh, management professor. Uh, sorry. Um, uh, I can't think right now. Um, uh, promotional products professionals are coloring outside the lines. Uh, project management professionals are coloring outside the lines. Construction professionals are. So I just keep reinventing. Uh, it's my theme, I guess, tonight on your show. My last book, uh, uh, which was published by John Wiley, is called Anticipate, Knowing What Customers Need Before They Do. And it was uh, a co-authored guy, a local guy by the name of Bill Thomas. And we wrote about the customer experience and I'm very excited to say that I am almost finished my, my next, and I think my last book, I, I think I, I knew I had one more in me <laughs> and um, this one I'm very excited about and the title, the, the working title, can I try it out on you? Of course. Okay. 
The working title is What Comes After the Butt? <laughs> and the reason that I, that, where does that come from is that, you know, I always say that we have to, in business, we have to ask ourselves what comes after the butt. Right. And the minute we do that is the minute we become 100% customer focused. You know what? I, I, I love dealing with your landscape company, but mm-hmm. every time I call somebody there, it's so nice, but. So when we can ask ourselves and answer, what do we think comes after the but in our customers' minds? That's when we become 100% customer focused. So the books have been a vehicle. You know, I never thought they'd make me famous. I never thought they'd, you know, make me a lot of money. It really wasn't that. It was, it was I want people to take a piece of me home after, they, after I speak. Well, and what? not to be, uh, again, it's not an egotistical thing. I, I want them to go deeper, you know, by, by reading the book. And I will say that, like you track going to uh, bookstores, um, I've done a couple of crazy things. First, I, I used to go on um, uh, eBay or any of those sites, and I'd, I'd look up my book uh, and see who was reselling them, right? Okay. <laughs> and, and, and see that they were there for 2 or $3, whatever it was, and, and I would buy them all so that, <laughs> so that somebody had to buy them for me, right? right, right. <laughs> but I would buy them all back. And, but the biggest thrill was when I, my book, uh, Coloring Outside the Lines, first came out. I'll never forget, I got on an airplane, and there was a guy sitting in first class reading my book. That's And that's I thought, great. this is the coolest thing. Right? And so I have to tell you, the end of the story was that I, of course, stopped and pulled them and ended up signing for him. And, and when he handed the book to me, I noticed his ring, said KC. And I said to him, um, did you play for Kansas City somehow, right? I, didn't, I had no clue, right? And he looked at me, he goes, no, he says, I'm my, I'm KC. And I said, oh, okay. He said, as in KC and the Sunshine Band. Oh, wow. Okay. There you go. <laughs> That's who it was. It was KC from KC and the Sunshine yeah, Band yeah. and my book. So I thought that was, That's great. I thought that was the coolest thing. <laughs> that sure is. Boy, that's an experience right there. That is really, that's a great story. That's yeah. a great story. Absolutely. But let me ask you, Claudia, why, why did you write your book? You know, I've seen um, a lot of leaders, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I've seen a lot of leaders and uh, coaches, how the relationships were between the coach and the players. I've had some players come to me and tell me about some situations that they weren't happy about. Um, I've heard players say, I'm not, I, I just don't like playing baseball anymore, or, or this happened, or that happened. Or even more recently, uh, a young man, and I, I won't mention the team or league or anything like that, but he hits a double to left center field. Uh, and he's a great kid, great family. But the kid, uh, and, and this kid works his tail off. But he hits a double to left center field. The coach comes out of the dugout, and he's screaming at him, how come he didn't hit it opposite field? How come he didn't hit it opposite field? And then the next day, he wouldn't allow the kid to take batting practice. Now, that kid now, mm. you know, is obviously down. He's upset. <clears throat> he's mad. He's embarrassed. What good is that? So stories like that motiv- motivated me to write the book because I've been extremely blessed to have fantastic people to coach. But just today, for example... I've heard from four, five of my former players all the way back from 1988 to 2019, okay? And um, again, Dick Vermeil, the Super Bowl winning coach of the St. Louis Rams said, your players, your people won't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that always stuck with me. 
Um, and uh, I, again, I've had great relationship with my players. My players will go through a wall for me underneath it, over top of it or to the side. And I just wanted to share a bunch of stories. It's a quick, easy read. Um, it is examples of things that happened to me as an assistant coach where I wasn't treated too well, some mistakes that I made as a head coach. Um, and then the middle of it is some fantastic questions that I received over the years. And I'd like to think some good answers in the back of the book, Jeff is about 27 former players giving me testimonials on basically how I do things, how it works. So I just wanted to have, again, that word impact, not that I am the Vince Lombardi of anything and people, I'm just saying, I wanted to share my stories and just have impact on people and, and, you know, you mentioned Casey, the sunshine band, you know, when he said he read your book, <clears throat> there's a guy who uh, is a CEO of a company and, and he said that he tried to do some of the things that I mentioned to do in the book. And he said, it really works. And boy, that just made me feel good. He said, the atmosphere is yeah. better. They're doing more work, more work. And I just felt that I had something to offer all of these years of coaching and scouting and, um, and so long story, I made a long thing out of it. I'm here, I'm interviewing you and I'm giving the longest answer, but uh, okay. I, I, I just wanted to have impact on people. And uh, so far that's seems to be the, what's going on with it. And you see that that's, that's your legacy you're creating, right? That's the impact you're talking about. Um, your mom sounded like a very bright woman, right? And, and her legacy yeah. was all these things and, and, and the title of your book. So, so it lives yeah. on. I, I always, um, as, again, as the listeners know, I, I even end the show, every show, I, I thank my mom and dad because uh, several years, 2016, I won an Italian Coach of the Year award. And the first thing I said was, if you ever see a turtle on top of a fence post, you know, he can get there alone. And, and if it wasn't for my parents, guaranteed luck, I would not be doing anything because they gave me every opportunity in the world to do what I'm doing. But you mentioned sayings. If I dropped the pencil, Jeff, there was a saying behind it, you know, and, and I find yeah. myself saying those things to my daughter or to my wife or to my team, you know, and, and, and the great thing about it is my players re remember it and they, yeah. they, they, they listen to it. Or, and matter of fact, about two months ago, I was talking to one of my players and we were talking about some different things. And, and he said, well, how are you doing, coach? I said, man, Morgan, I got this to do. I have that to do. I got to do this. I got to pay that. He said, coach, remember what you told us? I said, what's that? The young boy asked the old man, oh, man, how do you achieve success in life? The old man said, by eating an elephant. The young boy said, well, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So one bite at a time. Right. Yeah. But uh, we yeah. are going yeah. We're going to take a quick commercial break to hear from our sponsors. Once again, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, criminal defense attorney Eric Jackson-Lurie, and the Quaker Valley Rotary Club, which, again, is having their 10th annual Anthony Colosimo Golf Outing June 11th at Beaver Valley Golf Club. Call Scott Zanier, the president, at 412-720-0298. And my book, and Jeff, you can plug your book here in a minute as well, but uh, my new book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office, which is available on my website, Amazon, JohnMelvinPublishing.com, and Barnes and & Noble in Robinson Township. And we will definitely get to Jeff and promote some of his stuff here in a minute as well. We'll be right back with Jeff Tobe.
Dr. Roscoe, I've been talking to my dad and he seems out of sorts, like he can't understand what I'm saying. It's not just a hearing problem, Jolie. It is a health problem. Even with a mild hearing loss, our risk of dementia doubles with age. So let's improve dad's hearing and his health. Let us be the solution to his hearing health care needs so you and dad can experience many years of understanding, laughter, and happy memories. Serving the Dubois area for over 20 years, the Roscoe Hearing Care Center in Dubois, Punxsy, and St. Mary's. The hearing solutions you've been looking for. Call us for an appointment today, 814-375-0455. The law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar. 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Don Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Would you like to join a community service-oriented group to help provide remarkable services such as the Halloween Parade, Santa Parade, a Memorial Golf Outing, the Annual Harvest Festival, award secondary educational scholarships, and raise several fundraising events? If so, the Quaker Valley Rotary Club is looking for people of action who live a service-above-self type of lifestyle and want to help make the Quaker Valley District even better. Please visit us at www.quakervalleyrotary.org or call Scott Zayner at 412-720-0298. Okay, Jeff, um, now you said you weren't a sports guy, but have you ever spoken to a sports a team or an organization and did the talk really have to change at all? You know what? It, it's the same principles. And, and that's really what's key. Maybe my, my, like you say earlier in the show, my talk changes, but the principles don't. And, and I had to, um, I had the good fortune of uh, speaking to the um, uh, Blue Jays organization first uh, it was a cousin of mine was uh, the voice of, of the Blue Jays at one point. And I didn't grow up with the Blue Jays because, you know, it was past the time that I had already either left Canada or I don't remember uh, how soon that organization, how long ago that organization was established. But, um, and I was, I was intimidated. I was nervous, right? <laughs> it's like um, some of these guys were, were my heroes. And, and I, I, I remember just saying to myself, I'm going to go in and just talk about the principles, the principle of being creative, mm-hmm. of being able to look at things from a different perspective of talking. I, I even talked to them about what I called the customer experience because I said, you know, I, and, and one of the things that I spoke about, and, and by the way, since then, I, I think I've spoken to multiple, I know I've spoken to multiple teams, probably seven or eight different teams, professional teams. And um, one of the things I say is, you know, I coach emerging speakers. And the first thing I tell them is it's not good enough to be a great speaker. And most of them say, what do you mean? <laughs> that's how you get paid. That's what, you know, that's what is expected. No, you know what? What's expected of you is also the, what I call the end-to-end experience. So if you're booked as a speaker 
and you can relate this to sports easily, right? You're booked as a speaker, and you're a prima donna. You, you need a limousine to pick you up. You need a certain kind of, you know, Evian water on, on the, uh, you, you've heard of these people, right? Different, different colored M&Ms and then they're available and right. things in your hotel room, you know, and then you're an amazing speaker. You know, what does the meeting planner, uh, you know, remember? And that is the whole experience. Yes, he was a great speaker, but and that's by the way, where my book, what comes after the butt is all about. Um, and I've had, you know, I don't know if you know, well, you do know, I, I own a second business. I also own a speaker's bureau. So sure. we book speakers for organizations. And uh, I've learned so much from people who book speakers on what not to do as a speaker. <laughs> so, so this is what I, I was relating to, um, to teams of any kind. Um, and, and I'm always saying, you know, you've got to think about uh, the, the experience of you, right, it, off the field. Um, you know, it's unfortunate sometimes, but you are always on, you know, and so right. what, what are people, how do they experience you? Um, we lost a, I will tell you, and I'm turn this around a little bit, but um, I lost a very close friend uh, this past week, and a uh, professional basketball player by the name of, of Mark Eaton. He played for. Oh, the yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. And unfortunately, at uh, 64 years old, Mark was found in the country uh, lying in the middle of the road beside his bicycle and, awesome. and the vehicle wasn't involved. So we haven't heard right. what happened, but Mark taught me a lot of lessons about the sports world. And the, the story that I love is how he got into basketball. He did, he was not a basketball player. He, he was actually a mechanic working in uh, Salt Lake city and the coach at the time, and forgive me, I don't know his name, but years ago came in to get his car fixed and Mark was seven foot four. Right. So, so, he said to Mark, he said, you play basketball. He said, no. He said, can you put your arms in the air? <laughs> Mark right. said, sure. And he put his arms up in the air and he said, I want you to show up tomorrow for practice. And all I want you to do is stand under the basket and put your arms in the air. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that was truly the beginning of his career. So, but, but where I was going with that is there's no coach. There's no uh, uh, fellow player who wouldn't say that Mark was a gentleman on the court and off the court. And, and that's the experience of you, you know? So, so uh, sorry, you asked the question, but to me that that's easy to relate to professional sports. Great, great answer. Now you mentioned about uh, speaking in front of Blue Jays, you were nervous. I remember, I mean, it's good to be nervous because if you're not nervous, like you're not nervous taking the garbage out, you know? So it's a good thing that you get the butterflies <laughs> going, but I, you, you don't know my neighborhood. I am nervous taking the garbage <laughs> out. <No, I'm kidding. laughs> um, I uh, I was nervous one time, kind of scared. I was doing a speaking engagement, and it was in Swickley, my hometown. And it was I was going to be speaking in front of a bunch of guys that knew me ever since I was a kid. And I said, God, they've heard my story a thousand times. You know what? I mean, they still look at me and and I understand they still look at me as that 10 year old kid, you know, throwing a ball up against a wall or running around in the streets. Um, But another time I I spoke at the uh, convention center and the audience, it was, I don't know, maybe it wasn't a bit, maybe 300 people, something like that. But it was stiff to say the least, right? 
And I, I remember saying to myself when people ask me, how was that speaking engagement or how was that event? And it's really not – maybe I'm wrong and you tell me. It really wasn't – I don't think it's up to the speaker sometimes. I think it's up to the audience. You know, If they're engaging, Absolutely. if they uh, – again, picture you and I are old enough to remember Johnny Carson, right? But Johnny Carson would say mm -hmm. a joke and it was, he was funny, but if, if the audience didn't laugh – I mean, he had that great way of making it even better, but I think an audience is so important. Do you agree with that? And, and if it is a little bit stiff, what is it that you do to kind of get them on your side? So, you know, just to, to uh, reiterate, when I said I spoke to the Blue Jays, I was intimidated, right? There's a difference. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. and, and so, but I want you to know that um, 29 years of speaking, 100,000 people, I am always always nervous before sure. I give a talk and people say, you know, again, when I coach emerging speakers, they'll say to me, uh, when do I stop getting nervous? And I'll say never <laughs> when you're dead. Right. Exactly. Um, but here's the thing. And, and this, this is, I think a good metaphor for sports as well. I'm not nervous about what I'm going to say. Uh, so, uh, you know, an athlete shouldn't be nervous. They, they've got the skills, you know, right. by the time they're pros, <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm just nervous about how the audience is going to react. Exactly. And exactly. so, right. And so I, it only takes me a few minutes and I can size up an audience and I, I have methods that I actually use to connect with the audience right off the bat. Um, and I, you know, I know if they're going to be a tough audience or not, and then I'm okay, but <laughs> I am always nervous and there's right. nothing wrong with that. And you've seen me speak. I use my nervous, I use it as nervous energy. You know, I, I, I I'm kind of known for, I start speaking, sitting in the audience, which is probably different than any other speaker I've seen. I tell you what I thought about, I have to say this. I was thinking about you earlier today, obviously knowing you were going to be on the show in 86, I was watching Larry bird playing against the Houston Rockets in the championships. And he was mm -hmm. having a big game and he was just making it look like he didn't even, he wasn't even trying. And he's throwing the ball in behind the back. He, Magic Johnson was the same way. These guys, you know when somebody's a good athlete or a good performer when it looks like it's just like they're not even trying, right? And th that's what hit yeah. me that time. Uh, again, I want to say it was the Station Square. Um, you just uh, or, just came off like you were just – maybe you were nervous, but you're, you sure as hell didn't show it. Okay, and I thought that was a great okay. thing that you do, and because you know you put everybody at ease. know what they don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, and the audience doesn't know what they don't know, so right. that's what I always say. And then we beat ourselves up afterwards, and we say, "Oh my gosh, I forgot to say this, or I forgot to say uh, yes. that." Yes. And yeah. and you know, the point is that they, your audience, doesn't know you forgot. You know, so so we beat ourselves up, and we're our own worst critics, aren't we? Without question. <laughs> so. I, I got to tell you a quick story. Years ago. I was doing. I had an interview with a minor league ball club, and I really wanted this job until I got there and I had to stay the night. And I was watching the news the night before, and they were talking about the ownership and stuff like that. And long story short, it hit me. I said, "You know what? I really don't want this job. It's not for me." I remember I gave the mm -hmm. best interview I ever gave Jeff. And at the end, <laughs> when I when I left, I said, "Damn it! You know what? I think they're going to hire me." <laughs> but they didn't, which yeah. is good. But so maybe that goes to show if you put too much pressure on yourself, you know, maybe, you know, it's like the old, the old adage, you know, you put, you put the pedal, uh, to the metal and your tire goes deeper in the mud. 
you know. Yeah. But um, yeah. But yeah, it was always but enjoyable. To see on the other hand, you know, who else? Sometimes it's us that have to put the pressure on ourselves. So yeah. I think it goes back to how you were raised as well, don't you think? Um, of course. You know how much pressure you put on yourself and expectations. So. Yeah. And um, now, what advice do you give to potential speakers, or not potential speakers, but people who want to get into the business, or even some of such as myself? I, I yeah. have nowhere near what you've done, and it's something that I would like to do more of. Of course, I've been saying that to you since we met. But um, what advice do yeah, you give yeah. to those people? Don't quit your day job. Right. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know? um, it, it is true. I, I like to say, give yourself a runway and. And the reason that I coach emerging speakers is I try to shorten the runway of getting into the speaking business. But, but the, probably the advice I give is, uh, uh, well, a couple of things. You know, one is um, focus on marketing yourself, not selling yourself. And there's a huge difference. You know, uh, I grew up in retail. My dad had a 10th grade education, uh, but he owned a clothing store. And he used to say to me, uh, it, it uh, takes one thing to get him in the door and another thing to put money in your pocket. That's right. Now, this man had a 10th grade education. Talk about sayings, right? But right, right. get him in the door is marketing, you know? And so everything you should do is about marketing. And, and so should I speak for free? Absolutely. If it's the right audience, get out there and, you know, get exposure. Uh, should I write a book? Sure. If that's going to get you, you know, more of what you want. Uh, so the advice I give is, if you can imagine an inverted um, a funnel, and I know funnel is related to marketing nowadays, but just think about it as an inverted funnel. You have to figure out what you want to come out the bottom. For me, it's a keynote. You know, it's it's a thousand people and it's opening up a convention, closing a convention. And all I think about is what has to go in the top of that funnel to eventually come out as a keynote. So writing a book goes in. Uh, for you, you know, podcast goes in that that uh, in the funnel. Um, so it's determining what is that one thing I want to come out the bottom. And I think that's the advice that, that I, I say to emerging speakers all the time. And too many uh, speakers aren't clear when I, when I say, well, I want to be known for my book. Well, I want to speak. Well, I want to, you know, okay. But what's the one thing that is your passion that really drives you? And if you only had that, you'd be happy for the rest of your life. What is it? So it's not an easy question. Right. Now, what's uh, next for you? Oh, gosh, I never know what's next. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to say. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, first of all, I have an online course, a customer experience course that's been fairly successful. Uh, so that's helped me during the pandemic as well. And uh, I'd like to take it to the next step and actually um, planning a retreat. Um, I'm planning a, a five-day retreat in Belize, the beautiful wow. country of Belize in 2022, sure. where I'm going to have executives uh, and their significant others join me, uh, 24 people, and it's going to be just an exclusive uh, five-day retreat uh, with a lot of fun as well. I, so, I have a guy so who owns a hotel out there. I have a guy who owns a hotel out uh -huh. there. Let me know if you need any, uh, any help with that. I, I can help you out out there. Well, that's funny because I own a piece of resort in Belize oh, as well. Oh, you're so big we'll time. I'm, I'm talking to. I'm talking <laughs> yeah, to big no, I'd like time. I'd like to know. I'd like to know who it is. So we'll talk right. about it. So, yeah, I, and so that's next. So I'm in the planning stages, and right now we're, you know, in in the speakers bureau, we're doing some things that are different. So I'm all, like I say, and I hate to reiterate, but I'm always reinventing myself. So. That's great. <laughs>
That's great. And for our last thing, we have something called the Eric Jackson Lurie final word. Criminal defense attorney action. Eric Jackson Lurie with offices located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. Call Eric at 412-963-9308. Jeff, give us your contact information, your website address, uh, all that so people can get more stuff off you and read more about you and connect with you. Absolutely. I want to make an offer to your listeners if I can. Um, if you will email me, my email is Jeff, J-E-F-F, at jefftobe.com, J-E-F-F-T-O-B-E. Email me, and, and I will send you um, a, my, a complimentary copy of my book, Coloring Outside the Lines, just the PDF copy. It's not a Kindle version or anything <laughs> else, but just put, hit, put in the subject line, free book, and then in the, uh, and then in the text, tell me where you heard me on Claudio's show. And I'll be glad to uh, send you a copy of the free book. So that's Jeff at jefftobe.com. And my website is also my name, jefftobe.com. That's great. Jeff, as I said at the beginning of the show, you have been nothing but nice to me. You were always there for me. I always appreciate that. And I hope we can stay in touch more. Um, like I said, uh, you've, you've been the best and, and I appreciate it. You're, you're doing fantastic work in a very competitive business and you've been successful, as you said, for 29 years that, to be successful in anything for 29 years is a hell of a thing. And, and I congratulate you and I know you're nowhere near being done yet. So, and, and thank you so much for being on the show today. The best is yet to come. Thanks, Claudio. That's it's always for sure. a pleasure. All right, brother. Thank you. Okay, everyone, uh, once as always, I want to thank our sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Don's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, Criminal Defense Attorney Eric Jackson-Lurie, and the Quaker Valley Rotary Club. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Rick Mitchell, thank you. Adam Zaloof, always thank you. And uh, don't forget to tell your friends about the show as well. And as always, thank you, Mom and Pop. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to The Claudio Rosano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Be sure to tune in next time on ClaudioRosano.com. I've been talking to my dad and he seems out of sorts, like he can't understand what I'm saying. It's not just a hearing problem, Jolie. It is a health problem. Even with a mild hearing loss, our risk of dementia doubles with age. So let's improve dad's hearing and his health. Let us be the solution to his hearing health care needs so you and dad can experience many years of understanding, laughter, and happy memories. Serving the Dubois area for over 20 years, the Roscoe Hearing Care Center in Dubois, Punxsy, and St. Mary's. The hearing solutions you've been looking for. Call us for an appointment today, 814-375-0455. The law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. 
We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Dom Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Would you like to join a community service-oriented group to help provide remarkable services such as the Halloween Parade, Santa Parade, a Memorial Golf Outing, the annual Harvest Festival, award secondary educational scholarships, and raise several fundraising events? If so, the Quaker Valley Rotary Club is looking for people of action who live a service-above-self type of lifestyle and want to help make the Quaker Valley District even better. Please visit us at www.quakervalleyrotary.org or call Scott Zayner at 412-720-0298.